Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Like the porcelain at Cameron Parker's place after the donut challenge... We're going to light it up on a Friday. Friday edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. We are live. We are local. We are digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Craig Way still out vacationing. I am Jeff Howe. Get over to Horns 24-7. Check out what I've got going on over there, me and the team. Great recruiting team I've got. Great team, team of team reporters. Video content, podcasts, anything you want in the Longhorn realm is at Horns 24-7. And behind the glass is the aforementioned play-by-play prodigy, the MVP of Light the Tower, whose colon did not fall out yesterday, much to the chagrin, I'm sure, of some of you out there. Oh, man, I'm a, a much healthier-looking Cameron Parker today after attempting to eat 10 rather large donuts in five minutes. Colon's a lot healthier than it was Say eighteen hours ago, good to know, mentally, dog. you know, still not there. You know, still trying to come back from that. I've, you texted me uh, when were we te- we texted quite a bit yesterday. I, I checked on you what came about five o'clock and then said, "Hey, are you okay?" I was laying in bed, just contemplating my life. Cam had not gone bad bathroom at any point since the donut challenge up to the point I texted him, but you said you had an espresso. Yeah, I hadn't. Didn't he? Didn't he? Need to use the bathroom, which was a little scary. I hadn't eat. I didn't eat food until like nine p.m. That dough I was still, you up. Yeah, and so I thought, you know what would help me out? Had some fiber, and I went to a Mojo Coffee in Round Rock. Did you get some colon blow? Yeah, got some. <laughs> got a, iced express or an americano. Excuse me, little uh, little oat milk inside, some vanilla, mm-hmm. vanilla sweetener. Yeah, that definitely did the trick. Just kind of waited, waited, and then boom. Cleaned you out, huh? Yeah. There was fireworks going off, and they weren't from my neighbors. <laughs> Mortar shots at Casa de Parker last night. So you're good. Like You look healthier, like in the face. Your face was red. It looked like, I said, it looked like your blood sugar was probably in the, I don't know, in the 800s by the time that show was over yesterday. But you look good today. Yeah, you know, I'm just sad that, you know, all the people are disappointed and let down. Yesterday, the Specs text line, we had people commenting on our Twitch uh, my mom won't call me back, you know, even my dad knew about it. Uh, so friends knew about it. So, you know, we're gonna, I just, someone compared me to Chris Paul and the, on the specs text line. That's fair. You know, I ooh, ooh. didn't, I did, I started off really slow. I didn't execute, cam dirty like didn't that. execute, but the, at the end of the day, the opponent was just, was better than me. I think I'll tell you what, Cam, if you're, if you're serious about wanting a rematch with the donuts, if you'll accept the challenge, I'll I'll lay the gauntlet down now. I will give you a, a an opportunity to redeem yourself. Two weeks from yesterday, on Thursday, July twentieth. If you want a rematch, and you accept the challenge, you get one. July twentieth. Okay. That's less than two weeks from today. Or if you want to do Friday the twenty first, whatever. If you want to do Friday the twenty first, we can do that too. Okay. Pick your date. Let me go back to my team and see that's enough time to train for it, you know. You got to go get with Duke and, <laughs> or, or Mickey and <laughs> see, what's, see what's good. Call him the Joey Chestnut. Hey, maybe your your brother, right? I need to train with him. My brother is an aspiring competitive eater. Let's so. hook it up, Jeff. Maybe he can train me his ways. And I say that because my brother at once in one sitting ate like, I think it was like, I forget how what the round number was. It was like seventeen or eighteen hot dogs, 
And if he was at 18 and a half or 19 and a half, I slapped that last half out of his hand because I told him he didn't need any more. Don't do it. I was like, where are all the hot dogs? He's like, give me a hot dog. He's like, oh, I ate them all. I'm like, dude, they were like 20 So wasn't it wasn't even like a contest. No, he, was he just... just did it for S's and G's, dude. He just did it because he wanted Did it for the love of the game, Cam. How about that? And your poor daughter's like, Dad, I want a hot dog. Eh, too bad. I was... Uh, I was once involved in a uh, hot dog eating contest in the press box at the Dell Diamond covered an express game because it was dollar hot dog night. So they just bring a bunch of hot dogs. That's the media meal that night. And I got to, I did four. It was throughout, like, I think we gave, we gave everybody to the seventh inning. And I got to four and I'm like, you know what? I, I could really. The competitiveness in me can kick in. That competitive drive can kick in, and I could really push this thing. I was like, my body was telling me, "Dude, just stop. You're gonna, you're, you're vent, you're teetering on the brink of being past the point of no return. Just stop." <laughs> okay, I'm four. I'm good. Uh, Brian Smith, formerly of the Taylor Daily Press, because this was 2003 or four, I forget. He got to I think 13 and could have kept going, but then they took the media meal away. So there's no telling what the count could have been that night. And that was the last time they did dollar hot dog night at Round Rock Rex game. <laughs> my, bro- my brother, my brother just texted and reminded me it was 17 and a half, and it was throughout the course of a day that he did it. So uh, don't be so hard on yourself, though, Cam. That's good. It's good stuff. It, it, I, I hope it made for good content for everybody out there. And again, big shout out to Steve over at the Shipley's Donuts, mm-hmm. uh, the Brody location. I've been there. A time or two. I, as I said yesterday, I was told that's uh, Isaiah's dad, the one and only Coach Collier. That's where he likes to frequent when he go gets donuts and go to get donuts and coffee. And there's some good content from yesterday as well up on the uh, Horns YouTube page. So 104.9, the Horn FM over on YouTube. If you want to watch the video put up, um, it's pretty disgusting, I will admit. I sat across from you, and I was never at any point disgusted. I was more trying to – I had to stay impartial because I had to judge this thing. Well, I thought Jacob was going to get queasy over there in the corner because he, he was barely hanging he didn't on. Look, he didn't look too good. He was trying – He looked worse than me. He was Yeah, he was trying not to make eye contact with you. <laughs> if y'all really want to dog anybody, dog Jacob. Jacob didn't have a dog in the fight, and he was looking at – like, he didn't look – he looked a lot worse than Cam. Yeah, did. the fives were off from Jacob in, in the studio. That didn't <laughs> help either. I got to I got to get a better team. Maybe I need to call in Justin Bieber, Floyd Mayweather. He wasn't something. Any, like Jacob wasn't even trying to play along with the bit. He, I, when I asked him, I was like, "Jacob, any thoughts?" He just that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> had his head had his head turned to the side, like dude. Uh, it says we got specs on the text. Uh, a text on the specs text line it says, "Hey guys, Cam should practice on Poncho Sopapillas next week." I'm down, in Dallas. I, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go too. I'll be in Dallas. You know what, man? Maybe. Are you going up the Tuesday night? No, I'm. Okay. A, I'm. Let's I should plan out our itinerary on the air. That'd I should have learned. I should have learned better by now, but I'm still going to try to do the same kind of travel stuff I did when I was in my early 20s. I'm just going to get up early Wednesday morning oh. and and head north. But it's all right. I mean, you got the Bucky's and Temple as a landmark stop yeah. now, so you get out there, stretch your legs a little bit, get some caffeine, and head on up. Uh, 35 to so get to 35W and cut across, go to AT&T Stadium. It's just fine. It's uh, once you per, on that drive, I figure once you get like once you get north of Salado, it, it really is an easy drive. Pretty much the soul crushing part, especially going through Gerald. That's the kind. That's the soul crushing part of the drive when you start to realize, oh man, I don't. Because for me, it's usually coming off the toll road, and you realize, oh, good lord, I'm I gotta I really gotta do this, don't I? Bizarro Dale Dudley says, Colin Aber- Allen Iverson, he knows all about practice. Jeff Mudd said, I had eight hot dogs over the course of the 4th of July and have not felt my extremities since. <laughs> and I don't know how they do it. Uh, Mama Boucher, ever heard of actually talking sports? Oh. Yeah, I have, but, you know, this is my show, and I'm going to do the format I want to do. So if you don't like it, change the channel. I'm, I don't know what, I'm, what else to say. What do you want us to talk about? You want to talk about NBA Summer League? You want to talk about where – Call now. Uh, get specs text on over three three seven three seven seven six. React. Where is Damian Lillard going to end up in this coming NBA season? We want your reactions. Now, I don't mean to be a douche, but yes, we will talk sports on the sports talk show. Can we have a little banter? Can we have a little just to go a little off course a little bit? 
Is that okay with everybody if we just do the show that we want to do? Why are you looking at me like that, Cam? So Poncho's Tuesday night? That's Yeah, that's the move, okay. dog. Raise the flag. It's a buffet. Okay, so I, make, before before we go. When you, you raise the, when you raise the flag, that means you're ready for soap. That means you're ready for your sopapillas. Okay. This is, oh, Mama Boucher back again. This is Texas. Talk football. Talk football all the time. We got two hours of show. We're going to talk football. We've got two Longhorn notebooks throughout the course of the show. We've got our flex update. We've got a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas football to give away. We've got inconceivable to close Ooh, out some, our number we one. we got some great inconceivable stuff today. Uh, I'll be honest, folks. I didn't prep inconceivable because one, Cameron Parker texted me last night to let me know he's got inconceivable locked and ready to go for today on a Florida Friday. With some help from Jim from Lago Vista and one other specs texture. We they, nice. they came in today. We got we got five stories for inconceivable. Craig Way would be proud. Five? We got five. We got baby. a five pack. It's awesome. Stoner. I love Stoner's idea. Poncho's listeners party. Dude, I I haven't Let's do had, it, Stoner. Next Tuesday. You know, you know you know the last time I had Poncho's can. By the way, Poncho's is one of those deals. Poncho's was great back in the day when like you you know, you're broke. You know, you don't have a lot of you're not ball you're balling on a budget. And you get like the two ninety nine lunch buffet or whatever at Poncho's. And the last time I ate ponchos, it was myself, my wife, uh, her aunt, her aunt, maybe my mother-in-law was there. Yeah, I think that was it. So this would have been about 2015-ish because uh, they lived in uh, Grandview at the time. And they were asking, what do we do for dinner? What do we do for dinner? I'm like, hey, there's a ponchos in Duncanville. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's go. And my wife is just. Completely dejected because she knows she she's not she's not on the same wavelength with me when it comes to ponchos. Cam, two and a half stars on Yelp. I'm in, dude. Let's do it. Let's do it. A uh, blind Longhorn fan says, "Jeff, do you need a hug?" You always seem angry about something whenever I tune in. No, I'm I'm fine. I'm, uh, I'm I'm doing part of this is just me doing radio bit. Like I'm not an angry person. Trust me, I've. I've been working on that behind the scenes in the interest of full disclosure for about the last three years. So working on a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I appreciate the good feedback uh, on the specs text line. <laughs> Nate says, I want to hear how difficult it is for Cam to eat two donuts. Here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Uh, oh, and somebody said, I love this. Says, oh, uh, oh, cranky Jeff has made an appearance. I'm good. Uh, Cam, you said you made a dang coaching mistake because you you were you, you decided that once you started dunking the donuts yeah. in the coffee, yeah. you got a pretty good rhythm going. But you didn't do that at the outset, and I think you just got too full. Yeah, like I said, I just did not execute poorly. Came into uh, the contest, which is a bad game plan. I wasn't ready for it. That's why. That's why this rematch. You know, I, I want to make sure I'm up for it. You hey, know? man, Rocky got a rematch with uh, with Clubber Lang. Yeah. The first fight didn't go so well for him. He got knocked out. Mickey died. Uh, spoilers for those who haven't seen Rocky Three. My apologies, but he he got a rematch and made good with it. You know, hey, <laughs> I don't know why I just want to correlate everything to a Rocky movie today. But I saw I watched Rambo last night. Rambo was on TV. Cam. Rambo mm-hmm. Rambo Last Blood, so the the most recent one that came out. And sure enough, I I flipped it on. It was on AMC or Bravo, I forget. But it's right. At, it was right at the scene where he goes into a brothel in Mexico and takes out like seven dudes just with a claw hammer, just goes to work as only John Rambo can. And then you know what was on for the nightcap last night on TV? How about a little original from 2001, The Fast and the Furious? Oh, boy. Where Vin Diesel tells you he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. For those 10 seconds or less, Cam... He's free. Mm. 
Still have not seen any Rambo really? movies or Fast and Furious. Dude, you ain't never seen a Rambo movie? No. Oh, man, you got to see the first one. You at least got to see the first one. Where, like, Big Tom Callahan's chasing him through the forest, and the dude from CSI Miami, that cat is is trying to get Rambo, and he makes all these kinds of booby traps out of wood. Awesome. Hey, maybe the Ponchos have TVs up in Arlington. We can get Stoner to come out. Well, Stoner, well, Jeff. We'll get uh, the TVs to play a little Fast and Furious. Or some Rambo, whatever. Rambo, whatever. I, you need to watch it. Raise the flag. Dude, trust yeah. me. At least, watch, at least watch First Blood. At least watch okay. the first Rambo okay. movie. As a matter of fact, that's your homework this weekend. I want you to go watch First Blood, and I want, I want you to, to come back on Monday with a recap. Okay. I'm telling you, I think, you, I think you'll enjoy it. All right. So, uh, you know what? At the end of this segment, we are going to give away our copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Let's do that at the end of the segment. Uh, so whenever we go to break here in a couple of minutes, be by the hotline. What's that hotline number, Cam? 512-447-3776. Just hang tight. Just a couple, we're a couple of minutes away. Uh, Cam, real quick, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this in the notebook because we've, you know, I don't want to say we've hit it to death, but we talked about it a lot. Is Texas the team to beat in the Big 12? The media consensus, and again, I didn't get a vote in the media poll this year. The, the Big 12 has a habit of, of not sending me a ballot. And I said, I think it's because uh, my public outcry to take the fullback off the ballot and get with the year, you know, at the time it was like the year 2016. I'm like, you know, they I'm didn't just, like it. No, yeah. no. I, 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 have, I, have that, I have that knack of making myself persona non grata with I think various Matt, organizations. Matt Campbell reached out to the Big 12 and was like, hey, don't let Jeff Howe get a vote. When Matt Campbell probably was like, can we get two tight ends on there? We got to make sure we get somebody in there. <laughs> Back in the day, it was like, hey, man, uh, you know, Iowa State or Kansas, that's why you need like a punter on there because so that way Iowa State or Kansas can be represented. But then you got Jalen Daniels, who's uh, Jalen Daniels is a preseason offensive player of the year in the conference, right? Probably the most exciting player to watch last year outside of Bijan Robinson as a Texas he's, fan, right? He's damn good. And it's a shame that uh, – he was just coming back for the Texas game because he was, he was rusty, and and you could see the difference, right? There was a different Jalen Daniels in the K State game, and especially in their bowl game against Arkansas, than there was in the Texas game. And pretty much, he came back pretty early too. He probably needed at least one or two more weeks. And pretty much by the time Sark figured out that hey, they could just win that game, dominating the line of scrimmage, it was it was pretty over much with. over. Yeah, it was over with. Um, I I, I was with the, a Kansas writer after that game who. I got a call from the Kansas defensive line coach and, and one of the, one of the Kansas defensive line coaches and the conversation went something along the lines of talking about Texas. He's like, they're so, and I'm cleaning the language up that they're so freaking big and they're so freaking strong talking about Texas. He's like, we had no chance. Like there's, he's like, I don't fault my guy's effort, but at some point just, they're just bigger mm-hmm. and stronger than we are. So that should make you feel good as a Texas fan, right? The Sark is building the kind of offensive line that a bowl-eligible opponent in your conference says, you're so big and you're so strong, we just had no chance. Do you think Texas fans are happy with this number one ranking? You know what? That's the topic I want to touch on in the Longhorn Notebook. I want to get to that because we're going to need Specs text line feedback, too, on that. 337-3776, get ready for that. But right now, I tell you what, let's so I'm top of mind on that. Let's go to break with that thought in mind. Uh, 447-3776, 512-447-3776. Since Cam only ate four and a half donuts yesterday, why don't you be caller number five? Give yourself the half that Cam didn't get to yesterday. Caller five right now on the hotline wins a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, 447-3776. We'll take a break, come back, keep the Longhorn football talk going here on Light the Tower. On the Horn, live, local, and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com. The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes looking hard but won't realize that they will never see the pee. Light the Tower with Craig West and Jeff Howe. So one of my favorite Tupac songs, and I got to tell you, Cam, I had an epiphany one day. I'm, I'm actually driving around Austin, and I've got this song, I, I've got this song blaring, but I'm in my wife's car, and I just happen to glance in the rearview mirror, and I see the pink mama bear sticker in the back window, and I'm like, it's over, man. <laughs> 
it's over. Your prime, your prime is done, dude. It's it's time to let go. <laughs> you're not the kid anymore. No, no. You just got to realize where you, where you are. You know, actually, I did in high school though, Cam. I had a an old '89 Ford Thunderbird mm-hmm. that we called me and my buddies. We called it Old Smokey because that thing would just backfire and smoke like a mother. Uh, I did have a Tupac sticker in the back windshield of, of oh, Old yeah? Smokey. Yeah. I was, I was I was rolling hard back then. Okay. <laughs> My wife likes to tell me she's like, if we were in high school together, she's like, we would not have been friends. She's like, I would have hated you <laughs> in high school. I'm like, probably so. Looking back, there's there's times where I hate myself in high school. But this is like the tower. This is the horn live local and digital on the horn app at hornfm.com. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, Craig Way still vacationing. He will be in Arlington next week. So will the Texas Longhorns. They'll be in Arlington for Big Twelve Media Days next Wednesday, and they'll be there as officially. According to the media poll that came out yesterday, the preseason favorite to win the conference. And let's talk about that right now in this hour's edition of the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Cam, I want you to re-rack that question you asked me right before the – oh, by the way, who was the winner of our Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine? Congrats to Sean Kenow, who said he usually listens to the app today, listening on his uh, radio station. And he was able to win nice. because the app's usually behind. So. Congratulations, Sean. We'll get that in the mail to you ASAP. So why don't you re-rack the question that you asked me right before we went to break? I think it was something like, if you're a Texas fan, and this kind of, it sounds like a stupid question, but I think as a Texas fan, you'll understand what I mean by it. Are you happy with being ranked as the number one team in the Big 12 media preseason poll? I'm going to lean on you because I'm I'm far removed from my fandom, right? I'm just – I'm kind of cynical media member at this point when you've been on the beat as long as I have. But you're not that far removed from your legit fandom, Cam. And I, I would say you still got – there's still some of that that resides. Yeah, for sure. Somewhere always. somewhere in the cockles of your heart. So yeah. For all things burnt orange. You know, Matt Butler made a just a, a fantastic point. Uh, a few years ago on Longhorn Blitz. And, and I, wa- I want to say we were talking, it was in relation to quarterbacks. And there was a time at Texas where, whether it was quarterback or whatever it was about the program, it was in such a good place under Mac Brown that Texas fans got almost got as excited about the unknown or more excited about the unknown than they did the known, right? Like, you know, oh, Chris Sims is leaving. Like, oh, man, but we'll just, just wait just wait till Vince Young. Just wait till Vince Young takes over. Or, you know, you lose, I don't know, just pick a guy at a position. Like, you lose this guy. Oh, wait, we got we got somebody else coming in. We got somebody else coming in. And I, I think where that kind of started to wane a little bit was, man, what are you going to do when Colt leaves? What's going to happen when Colt leaves? And it's like, oh, wait till Garrett Gilbert takes over at quarterback. Like, it, it's going to be great. And I think that was right around the time Texas fans went from craving the unknown and putting more stock into the unknown than the known to where the unknown started to scare the hell out of this fan base and expectations started to worry this fan base. And I say that because, and, and feel free fans texting this. I'm going to need, I'm going to need your, your feedback on this spec text line three, three, seven, three, seven, seven, six. I said this, maybe this was last year, but the, the big, the biggest thing about polls cam to me, whether it's the preseason media poll or, uh, you know, an in-season poll. Do you remember 2018 with Texas, where they get up to like six in the country, I think? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's just this, and I'm not, I don't even think this is a majority, but I think there's a healthy portion of this fan base that can't properly gauge expectations. And I don't think that's exclusive to Texas. I think a lot of fan bases deal with that. Either it's the drizzling you-know-whats and they're the worst team in the country and they don't deserve to be ranked and the coach is a bum and blah, 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 blah. It's all the sky is falling, glass half empty. But then when you get to you know where you're top ten, you're six in the country like they were in, in 2018, it's, oh, man, this is this is great. And we're you know we're going to think about the playoff and the Big 12 championship game. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They, you you got to find a, a, a somewhere in the middle, close to the closer to the middle, to, to get a reaction than being at one opposite end of the spectrum from each other. And I, I did see quite a few comments on whether it was social media, 
not as much on, on the flagship message board at Torrance 24-7 because, Cam, you know this, being in the message board community as long as you have. I guess it, it's a different kind of fan that's on the message boards yeah. daily. It's the fan that they, they are reading every bit of information uh, you know, they can they can get their hands on. It's like I, I say this all the time about Hornets twenty four seven. There's a lot of really good sites, really good companies that produce content for Texas. And I've always said, hey, you know, if if, if we're not your number one, if Hornets twenty four seven isn't your number one, as long as we're one of the places you go to get information and, and form an opinion, that's all. That's all I ask for. Same thing with the Longhorn Blitz. And maybe you we're not the pod, the number one podcast you listen to, but as long as you make us part of your your listening rotation, mm-hmm. then that's all we can ask for. Uh, so a lot of a lot. I think the message board fans are the are the group that they just consume so much information as much as they possibly can, really getting into the nitty gritty. So I, I say that to say the message board reaction was uh, it was kind of what I expected, but in Gen Pop it was more of you know, oh gosh, this is terrible. You know, let the season start. Let them play games before you rank them. Like we got this text that says, "No, no, no, no." Should be two. So I don't know who this texter think the number one team, the best team in the conference is. Maybe it's K State who won the league last year. Maybe it's TCU who was in the national championship game. But this texter says they should be two. Uh, Pastor Smasher says, "So who was last year's predicted winner?" In the poll, I'll go back and pull that Baylor. up in a minute. Oh, it was it was Baylor. Baylor, Baylor was... number one, Oklahoma two, Oklahoma State three, Texas four. Okay, so they were zero for two for that. <laughs> uh, this texture says, "I do not like it." When is the last time Texas performed well under that much pressure or any amount of pressure? Oh nine, for that matter. It's got to be oh nine, right? Yeah, and and I don't. The pressure thing. I think if your culture is right, I don't think the pressure thing is that Matters, big of a deal. Yeah. You know, because you're able to to properly gauge expectations. Look, on, on the outside, the, the expectations are going to be what they're going to be. And, and trust me, there have been some Texas coaches over the years uh, that I think consume themselves too much with what, you know, it, it's it's funny. And Sar- Sark is even guilty of this. You know, it's like, we don't, we don't read what you guys write. We don't hear what you guys say. But then it's like, but I know I know none of you guys picked us to win this game. Well, how'd you know nobody picked you if you're not reading anything mm-hmm. or listening to anything? So it, it, that is what it is. But uh, you know, it's coach speak. Right? But there, there, I, I've known there are some coaches. There have been some coaches that will say they don't care what gets written about. They don't care what gets said. But you know, based on their reactions, when the camera's not on and when the microphones are off. You know, based on the reactions, that they really did care maybe too much about what was written and what was said. I really do feel, at the end of the day, like Steve Sarkeesian really doesn't care what gets said or what gets written about his team. Obviously, within reason, right? If it's if it's a blatant malicious attack on a, on a player, especially or anything like that, uh, Sark will step in at that point and and defend his guy. But. Uh, I think that's kind of what he's done with the Xavier Worthy thing. I think he's done what he has, what he could do publicly in the court of public opinion to defend Xavier Worthy as I get clean, cleanly, for lack of a better term. I guess as cleanly as he could, but I, I don't think Sark is sitting in the football office right now, Cam, going to Hornets twenty four seven or any of the other sites and reading you know, the Insider or anybody else's VIP notes or listening to podcasts or whatever. I just don't think he is. He might have somebody that will tell him something that needs his attention, but Sark doesn't strike me as the guy that is actively seeking that stuff out. Yeah. So that said, so the internal expectations, I think Sark understands, look, they're going to be what they're going to be. There's nothing you can do about it. What are the expectations internally? And I go back to that podcast he was on with Greg McElroy, and I've always said this, Cam, from the start, Sark has done a really good job of not backing himself into a corner with anything he said. He hasn't made like some kind of grandiose statement that we can go back to and be like, oh, oh remember when you said this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit different. The, the one exception would maybe be the transfer portal thing when uh, he was on, I forget the name of the Ryan Clark podcast. The pivot? Yes, about, hey, if you get in the portal, you're not coming back or whatever. Maybe that comes back at some point. But, you know, other than that, and that even might be stretching it, uh, Sark has done a really good job of not backing himself into a corner. But you go back to that podcast he did with Greg McElroy where he said we've kind of been building toward this 
kind of looking, maybe looking at the 2023 season is when you really got your house in order and you can go compete for a conference championship. And they competed for a conference championship last year. I mean, if you go, if you go into the last weekend of the regular season, you go into your finale, mathematically still alive for a conference championship, then depending on what school you're at, you can look at Texas. I've always said eight and four in the regular season is the ultimate gray area, right? If you're nine and three, you say unequivocally, yeah, that was a good year. If you're seven and five, say, no, that wasn't, that year wasn't up to snuff. Eight and four is the, the, the very definition of gray area for me. It's always been that way. Um, but to hear Sark say that they've kind of been building toward this and, and, and you just look at, there's been some years, Cam, where we've looked at this roster and people from the outside will look at it and say, oh, well, they've got, the the recruiting classes that make up this roster were ranked, you know, they were top 10, top 12 classes in the country. You know, they should they, they should be really good. Well, yeah, but how many guys from that certain class are left on the roster? Actually played meaningful snaps. And games. that's the other thing. Of the guys that are left, how many are playing meaningful snaps? And you've, we, you've had some years where, yeah, you might have a, a decent-sized group of seniors, but how many of those guys are you really counting on to help you win games? I, I said it the other day. We talk about the 2015 season. I said before before that year, I, I spoke to a lunch group in Houston, and a, a couple of the people in the, the audience there were gobsmacked that I would say this. I said, they said, well, what, what do you think? I said, I think this team's going to struggle to get bowl eligible. I said, I think four and eight is a real possibility. And they're like, why? It's like, look at how young they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I'm like, especially if, like, let's say, I'm like, whether it's, Tyrone Swoops or Gerard Hurd, you've got a guy, Swoops basically didn't play at all his freshman year, so you basically got a guy with, at that point, one year of college experience. You got Gerard Hurd coming off a redshirt year. We knew at that point Connor Williams and Patrick Vahe were going to start. So you're starting two true freshman offensive linemen. I'm like, your best wide receiver might be John Burt, also a true freshman. How many true freshmen are you going to starting on defense? Malik Jefferson started the opener. And Charles Amenahu, Holton Hill, there were quite a few guys that that staff didn't want to play early. They wanted a red shirt, but then they realized that the best we got, they, they got to play. So you could kind of see the writing on the wall there for what that roster looked like. In theory, was it talented, quote-unquote talented? Yeah, because especially where some of those freshmen were ranked, but you have to play a lot of those freshmen. That's not the case with this Texas roster. This Texas roster has some experience, and experience at the positions where you need to be experienced. They're experienced at quarterback. They're experienced on the offensive line. They've got experience on the, at the offensive skill positions. In my opinion, the best tight end in the country, not named Brock Bowers. You've got experience on the interior D-line, experience at linebacker, safety, up the central nervous system of the defense. Ryan Watts is an all-Big 12 caliber guy. Janae Barron's an all-Big 12 caliber guy. Baron Sorrell quietly had a really good year last year. So you've got experience, you've got talent, you've got talented depth in some spots. I, I'm not ta- I've said this before, Cam, so at the risk of repeating myself, I'll say I, I'm not talking myself into – this Texas roster being number one experienced enough or number two talented enough to go win a conference championship. Like you, you can see it. There is tangible evidence from last year that tells you they've got the goods to go get the job done. That is exactly it, Jeff. Because it feels like ever since 09, every season, you're as a Texas fan, you try and talk yourself up into this year. Well, if David Ash can stay healthy. Well, if Gerard Hurd is his next guy. Well, 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 well. It's never if Sterling out. Gilbert gets this thing figured out. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but going back to 09, that was the last time Texas was picked to finish number one in the Big 12 preseason standings. Mm-hmm. They have not been picked first since then. They have not finished first since then. So I think a good specs text came in saying the Big 12 media has done a pretty good job of where Texas stands over the years. They've you know been pretty close to where Texas is. Yeah. And I agree last season, number four, finished, what, number three. I've, I wrote that article either last year or the year before because some of those same media members that vote in the poll are, are the ones that will qu- be quick on Twitter to make the Texas back jokes. And I'm like, well, actually, if you look at it, they finished fourth in the conference, and they were fifth in the preseason poll. So by your definition, didn't they? Granted, it's not where you want Texas to be. But, yeah, if you want to get nitpicky about it. Uh, but yeah, I agree, Cam, and I'll, I'll see if I can pull up that article. Uh, I, I think I know I wrote it either last year, or the year before. Just kind of looking at the history of it, I was I was surprised going back and looking at it. I was like, dude, like more often than not, the media that covers the league is 
pretty close to accurate. I think 2010 would probably be the one year where they weren't. But even at that point, you're still you were still ranking, you know, the six teams in one division. You had the Big 12 South rankings and the North rankings. It wasn't, dude. I had to do this for. I didn't get the media poll, but we we were doing some in-house stuff at 24/7 Sports, and I got uh, my ballot, and all the Big 12 publishers had to contribute to this. It was like, hey, rank everybody one to fourteen. I'm like, dude, you know how insanely hard that is. <laughs> like, I felt like at some point in the middle, I was like, I feel like I almost feel like I'm just, I just if I throw darts, I'd be as accurate as I would be if I just put some real thought into it. Where did you pick Cincinnati I, to finish? I think I had Cincinnati like in the. I can't even tell you the exact number. It, I want to say it was like the, like the nine to nine? twelve, like the nine to twelve range. Yeah. Something like that. How, to go off topic here, if you're a West Virginia fan in the first year with all the new additions and you're picked to finish dead last, man, that's got to be tough to be a Mountaineer right now. Man, the the morale of that fan base is at an all-time <laughs> low because I, I went and checked out uh, Chris Anderson and Mike Kazaza do a really good job running earsports.com, our West Virginia site at 24-7 Sports. I love looking at their message board, and there were posts along the lines of, you know, they're picked last. They're going to go 6-6, six and six, and Neil Brown will rightfully be able to say they blew expectations out of the water <laughs> with, like, an eighth-place finish in the conference. I'm like, well, that's, you know, that, not wrong. That's, a, that's a fan base. That, and Texas Texas fans, you know you've been there some years. You're uh, you're looking at it too – you're being too realistic. You're realistic almost to your detriment at that point. It feels like last year, Jeff, where the Big 12 was, was pretty open because we didn't know what to expect out of Oklahoma. You mentioned Baylor was picked to finish first because coming off of Dave Aranda's first year, you thought, okay, he's picking up right where Matt Roll left off. Wasn't the case. You had TCU and K-State in the Big 12 title game. The preseason poll, six teams with the first place vote. And I could argue, argue for all five, five of the six teams. Someone picked Oklahoma State. I don't know about that finishing first place. I know I'm Mike not going to name. Reputation. I'm not going to name names, but if the person I'm thinking of got a ballot, I know exactly who. Uh, I got a pretty good idea who would have voted Oklahoma State number yeah, one. Yeah, I think we all do. But <laughs> you, you could argue Texas, K State, Oklahoma, Tech, TCU, sure. But it feels like this season, whereas the, la- the years in the past, you're kind of trying to talk yourself into Texas. It feels like this season, probably with the poll now, is like, okay, can you talk yourself out of it? Like, what has to go wrong for Texas not to be good? And when you compare it up against these other teams and all the questions, the unknowns, the roster rebuilds for TCU, for Oklahoma State, we don't know what Oklahoma is going to be like in Fenables year or two. Is Tech really ready to yeah, take that next Joey step? Yeah, is Joey Maguire really that next guy? What is K-State going to do without Skylar Thompson, without Deuce Vaughn? I, I want to see who's that team that's going to come from the middle towards the bottom of the pack and and be a team that maybe they don't get in the conference championship game, but they have a say in who does based on winning maybe a couple games that they shouldn't. Where, Iowa where, State where, maybe? Where was, where was Kansas in that? You got the preseason ball yeah, for Kansas? KU 9, Iowa State 10. I, I, can, as crazy as it might sound, yeah. Kansas is my surprise team in the league. If Jalen Daniels stays healthy. If he stays healthy, when you've got an X factor like him, it's it, all bets are off, man. He, he, can, he can win you a couple of games just by himself. If you're, if you can, and the thing that I like about what Lance Leipold did last year, you look at a lot of their pretty much, pretty much with the exception of the Texas game, they were in every ball game, just about in the fourth quarter, with a chance to win. Like the Kansas State game that they lost, they they had a chance. They just they could not. Their defense could not stop K State. Started off five and zero, won their Big Twelve opener against Iowa State, and then. Lost to TCU by a touchdown. And Daniels got hurt in the TCU. Yeah. Lost to Oklahoma by 10. Lost to Baylor by 12. Beat Oklahoma State in a thrashing. Lost to Tech by 15 points. And then the blowout loss to Texas. And then the 20-point loss to K-State. But even those losses, man, like the Oklahoma one was back and forth for a long time until Oklahoma pulled away. That was, that was your throwback Big yeah. 12 game. That was like the 56 to 40-something, 56-46 or something like that. Fifty-two, forty-two. It was there was no defense played in Norman that day. I think you talked about it about the defensive line. It's just depending on, you know, where will their offensive and defensive line be at the end of the season because they're going to be less talented and less bigger than a lot of the other Big Twelve teams. And then can they stay healthy? But they're there. It does seem like Lance Leipold has got those guys believing in the culture, 
and that's huge compared to like a West Virginia where you got guys who you know on a week to week basis yeah, might Neil be Bra- quitting Neil, the team. Neil Brown is Neil Brown is dead man walking, you know. Yeah, this is his last year. If you if you could bet on him being the first coach fired of the Big Twelve, I would do it. Heck yeah, no no doubt. But Although our- I don't know who the other five coaches are <laughs> coming in. Can you tell me? Oh, can you can you tell me who the 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 uh, incoming coaches are? The the four newcomers. Uh so UCF that's still that Gus Malzahn. The Gus Malzahn, okay. yep. BYU. Um, he's, I, he's been I, there. I can, for I can a see his face. Houston is uh, Dana, of course. Cincinnati. They hire Kalani Scott Satterfield. Kalani Sataki is the head coach at, at there BYU. You go. Did Cincinnati hire Scott Satterfield? Yes, they did. Okay, and then who's the other team that joined? I think it's all right. That's it. Yeah. All right, so. It's four. Three or four. Kind of, kind of like that, that fifth donut, you know, I like wasn't all the way done with it, but I had the, I, I was close to it. Bizarro <laughs> uh, Dale Dudley says, the end, uh, couldn't care less about a ranking now. The end of the season is what matters. Exactly. That's another thing. Yeah. Another texture says, known factor number one, Sark has never won anything meaningful before anywhere. Well, the, the, okay, so now your my argument against that, Dell's advocate, is, well, Tom Herman won some meaningful games at Houston. Did it help at Texas or the end of his career? No. Char- Charlie Strong won, yeah. won a lot of games at Louisville. Played in a New Year's Six Bowl. Had a Heisman yeah. winner. Yeah. Doesn't always mean everything. Actually, Charlie didn't coach uh, Lamar Jackson. That was, that was Texas A&M offensive Sorry, coordinator. Teddy Bridgewater. Bobby Petrino. Teddy Bridgewater. Couldn't bring anything. I mean, he brought Sean Watson with him from Louisville. Just That's... Of of when I write the book of my time on the beat, that might be chapter. I might need more than one chapter for the Sean Watson regime calling plays. Is it uh, going to be titled "Who's the OC again"? <laughs> As a Texas fan right now, all the accolades, rat poison. Show me something on the field. Win the close games. We've talked a lot about that. Sark four and ten in games decided by eight points or less Ugh. at Texas. Says I just hope we can get through fall camp without losing a top wide receiver to injuries. Knock on wood. Exactly. Uh, hair of the dog says, Sark, show me, don't tell me. Poll is stupid to begin with. More Britney talk. I, I'll be honest. I love banter. <laughs> I'm I'm about done with Britney Spears and, and Victor Wembanyama. See, Jeff, you see the, now the new reports coming out about her, like, clawing her way. The Wembanyama's back. Yeah. I'm the, telling you. It's, uh, it, I, I should have I given that news, the news cycle a little more time to play out. And now that it has, it... Uh, Got another layer to that story. Uh, this texture says, to me, it was not. A, it's not about the pressure. It's about the hype. In the past, we were rated highly because we were Texas. The way this team is built this year, the projection feels warranted. Cam, that's exactly what we've been talking about. Different way of saying it, but that's what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I like this texture. Ricardo from Galveston says, I use two sites for Texas info. Horns 24-7 is one of them. Said, great resources. That being said, there's no excuse for Texas not to be in the Big 12 championship. That's my bar. Get to Arlington. You got to at least get to Arlington. We'll get to some more of these texts, but we're going to take a break and come back. And I am pumped for a Cameron Parker led inconceivable on a Friday. So, what, what, what's it mean on a Friday, Cam? We're going to go ahead and reach for that low hanging fruit, Jeff. We're going to reach way, way down, way down by the floor and scoop up that low hanging fruit and cradle it as we go to the most flaccid state in the lower 48 on a Florida Friday for inconceivable. Unlight the tower on the horn. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the tower. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Before I get to, I'll just turn this over to Cam here in a sec. Cam, do you know what today represents in the world? By the way, Texter texted in and said uh, two things from our banter in the first segment. Uh, one texter said, I didn't know this. Sylvester Stallone turned 77 yesterday. Wow. Based on the way he looks, looks on Tulsa King, that's a looks good. That's a very uh, very impressive looking 77. And Cam, somebody texted in to say, uh, I can't trust someone who's never seen first, never seen first blood. This weekend. I expect a I expect the first blood review okay. from you on Monday. It's going to be I read great. the book. Book was good. Book was good. Did you ever you ever see Tommy Boy? Oh, of course. See, okay. I've seen all, I've seen all those comedy movies. Yeah. that's what I grew up on. So, Big Tom Callahan is the uh, he's the antagonist mm. in the in okay. First Blood. So, you also see David Caruso, like I said, making an appearance. A very young David Caruso making an appearance in First Blood. And but Cam, did you know what today represents in the the world of professional wrestling? One thing that's near and dear to my heart. I do not. CB is saying it's Happy NWO Day. It was on this day, on this day, July seventh, in the year. 1996, that Hulk Hogan turned on the Macho Man Randy Savage. 
Wow. And Sting and Lex Luger and went heel. Hulk Hogan went bad and formed the NWO. Thus began the mid to late 90s boom in professional wrestling where everybody, whether you were a WCW person, you were a WWF person, everybody was by the TV Monday night. Everybody had to be in front of the TV. Is there a 30 for 30 on this that I can kind of watch? Because I have no understanding of wrestling whatsoever. Not a 30 for 30, but you can go down some YouTube rabbit holes and talk about... uh, you know, Eric Bischoff, who was running WCW at the time, he's talked about it like he wasn't even sure they had planned on doing this. He wasn't sure Hogan was going to go through with it until he showed up at the building that day. And they had backup plans like, OK, if he decides he doesn't want to do it or whatever, because, uh, dude, nobody, nobody had ever. Hulk Hogan had never been a bad. He had been a heel, but it had been so long. And I want to say that was when he was in the AWA, maybe with Vern Gagne, the last time he was a heel. But dude, it's as Tyler mentions on the Specs text line. Greatest heel turn of all time. People cheered. They were tired of the take your vitamins, say your prayers, little, the little Hulkster gimmick. Uh, people were ready for something fresh, and Hollywood Hogan gave it to them. It's just, I agree with this texture. There should be a 30 for 30 on Hulk Hogan turning heel. Change the game. But happy NWO day, everybody. Cam, I know you've been fired up for Inconceivable. Take it away, sir. So before we go to the most flaccid state, in the greater United States. Let's start off with uh, some White House stuff. Actually, you want to do anything on Britney Spears? We done with that? Yeah, I think B&E, right, hit, B&E hit that on the head. The short of it is uh, an eyewitness account doesn't. It, an eyewitness account and Victor Wimbanyama's account of what happened jibe together. Britney Spears' account of what happened does not. Okay. So, so this past weekend... Uh, Cocaine was discovered at the White House. Rick James hanging out in the White House? Maybe. So, of course, now there is odds listed as who is the cocaine culprit. Who's got Who's got cocaine odds? You want to run down this with me, Jeff? All right. <laughs> Your favorite at plus 170 per bet online, Hunter Biden. By the way, man, I thought Rick James had died a lot. I know he's no longer with us, but Rick James died in 2004. Yeah. I thought he was alive more recently, but wow, that shows you how fast time flies. Anyway, I, I apologize, Cam. Go go ahead. So Hunter Biden's plus 170. Travis Kelsey, who was just there <laughs> for the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade, whatever, visit plus 800. Hey, Kelsey doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. I don't know. You've seen the way he acts? Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Uh, one of the Jonas Brothers, quote unquote, carries uh, plus one thousand odds. Angelina Jolie plus fourteen hundred. Was she in the White House recently? I guess so. Okay. Uh, President Biden and his wife, First Lady Jill Biden, the bottom of the pack, uh, plus fifteen hundred and plus ten hundred, respectively. Um, Jeff, if you're going to bet, who, who are you taking? I mean. You know, when Vegas puts this stuff out, they usually know what they're talking about. So I guess the smart money would be on Hunter Biden. Uh, President Trump is plus 500 uh, per Pravada. How would it be his his coke? (laughs) Tony Montana Montana is plus 50,000. Oh, man. Uh, You couldn't put like Billy Carter on the poll or anything? (laughs) Bill, right. is, by the way, is, I don't know. Is Billy Carter still with us? I don't know. I'm only He's probably hanging out with Rick James. Machine. All right. Let's go to uh, well, Minnesota. Billy Carter's hanging out with Rick James. That would mean he's no longer with us. Billy Carter died in 1988. So, See? Yeah, I told you he was no hanging out with Rick with James. Wow. <laughs> let's, go, let's go to uh, Mankato, Minnesota, where a man has been charged after Mankato police says he entered a oh. restaurant yelling You know who throwing. doesn't have odds? You know who doesn't have odds that probably should? Cocaine Bear. Ooh. Ooh. Need to get Cocaine Bear on the board. Yeah. A little, little, maybe a little sneaker. Underdog. All right. (laughs) Sorry, Cam. Go ahead. No, there's still a little fill in the blank here, actually. So the McKinnell man has been charged after Mankato police says enter a restaurant yelling and throwing blank at employees and customers. Uh. Hmm. Some type of food item. I'm going to say like pancakes or waffles. Skittles. Skittles. 19-year-old Tristan Satina is charged with obstruction of legal process, assault, in disorderly conduct 
Officers noted that there was skittles on the floor in near a garbage can. A woman told police that she suffered pain when she was hit in the back with a skittle. Yeah, I can see how that's disorderly conduct, but come on, a skittle. Three officers eventually handcuffed and arrested Satina after he resisted. Uh, Let's see. He's got three face tats, Jeff. Looks like he's got a power drill on the upper left-hand side of his forehead. Was that that Al Borland from Tool Time went to get tatted up or what? Basically. Basically. So, uh, Mankato (laughs) got it going on with Skittles. Dude, uh, anytime somebody like this gets arrested that, like, just makes an ass of themselves in public, I just picture the... The post-arrest walk to the car is like is something out of South Park with Randy Marsh. <laughs> oh, I thought this was America. I thought this was America. I'm sorry. I thought this was America. All right, Jeff. It's time to get on a Spirit Airlines flight and go down to Florida. Yeah, that's never go. Oh, <laughs> that would be an airline that serviced. I was going to say, I'll never get on Spirit Airlines. But, yes, that would be an airline that did exclusively service. So we got, we got two stories from Florida. I'll give you the county name, and you pick which one you want to hear first. All right? Okay. We got Palm Beach and Nassau. Ooh, not Pinellas. Uh, let's go to Nassau. Yeah, Pinellas was good this weekend. All right. Suspected mobile meth lab forces Florida Welcome Center to shut down an I-95 and evacuate. What are our three pillars of inconceivable? Meth, death, and animal attack. So you're knocking one out, Cam. That's awesome. Florida Welcome Center Interstate 95 was shut down and evacuated on Thursday afternoon after the Florida Highway Patrol discovered what is believed to be a mobile methamphetamine lab during a traffic stop. The a NAS- mobile meth lab, huh? The Nassau County Sheriff's Office posted photos just after 2 p.m. that showed hazardous material crews surrounding and pulling materials out of a silver car in the parking lot. NCSO- so this wasn't like somebody hauling an Airstream, like meth on wheels, like this is just somebody in a car. Not quite, but they pulled it over after they found, they suspected an illegal window tent, found an indisclosed, or excuse me, undisclosed amount of meth in the car, a man and woman have been arrested and accused of meth possession. There was also meth-making equipment in plain view. Florida Highway Patrol said the Welcome Center will be shut down for the rest of the day. So, sorry, Jeff, you cannot go to the Florida Damn. Welcome Center. That was on my to-do list. Mm. All right. Tough break. Um, Palm Beach County. Florida man beat cheating wife's lover with... Blank after catching them in bed. Oh, beat him with a summer sausage. A bat. Okay. A bat. A Florida man allegedly tried to beat his cheating wife's lover to death after he caught them in bed together, according to police. An irate John Dimmick, 33, allegedly. I'd be irate too. Yeah. Stormed into a Lake Worth Beach Airbnb on June 17th with a black Rawlings aluminum bat and found his wife. Dude, like Sting. He's like Sting coming out of the rafters with the bat and just silent but deadly. Uh huh. Found his wife, Christy Barbado, in bed with her co worker. He closed the door behind him, charged at the man, knocking him down with a blow from the bat, and then pinned him to the floor. A probable cause affidavit alleges. Dimmick allegedly whacked him with a metal weapon at least three times. John, stop, he's bleeding, his wife screamed, according to surveillance video, which included audio from the Palm Beach Airbnb. Don't come near my effing wife again, Dimmick threatened before he allegedly walked out the door at 10 p.m. So he didn't, like, try to finish this dude off. He just sent a stern warning. And uh, the dude who was embedded with his wife said, I felt like he was trying to kill me. Quote, well, yeah, don't sleep with the man's wife. Yeah. It's kind of like you get what you deserve at that point. Play dumb games, win dumb prizes. Cameron, outstanding, sir. Thank you to the contributors in the Specs Text Line for those those Florida stories. We're into hour number two. We'll come back to start it in earnest here on Light the Tower. On the Horn, live local and digital. On the Horn app. End at hornfm.com.